this week from GNC Week in Review, powered by geeknewscentral.com. Amazon wants to take care of you. The FCC finds two telemarketers for millions, and instead of a face ID, a thumbprint, or entering a PIN, you might be able to wink at your phone to unlock it. Those are some of the tech news stories from this week, and it's Friday, March 19th, 2021. My name is Kirk Corliss. And I'm Scott Ertz. And this episode 84 of the GNC Week in Review podcast, proud partner of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Thank you so much for tuning in for this week's episode. We are streaming live on gncweekly.com slash live. So please be sure to say hello in chat or comment. Also, be sure to like and subscribe to the GNCWIR channel on YouTube. If you miss a live video, that's okay. You can always catch the replay later. If you are a listener, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast where you can find the right-hand side column at gncweekly.com, be it Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast app. Also, this podcast can be found on the Pandora app and the iHeartRadio app. You have a comment, be it on social media or email, and those links can all be found at gncweekly.com forward slash connect. So we're um, back after two weeks. Um, I um, had a long... Yeah, <laughs> I was in training two weeks ago, which was mind-numbing and, and very difficult to go through. Isn't it always? And, mm-hmm. and uh, last week, I had some personal matters to take care of. So everything is back, and if you're watching live, um, uh, my foot, my boot is off, so I'm happy to pop you about that, knock on wood. So everything is all right in the world. Yes, all right, it's, so we're gonna... and it's good to be back. It's, yes. <laughs> I, it doesn't matter what show it is that I'm doing. I always hate to have a gap. I, I, I always feel weird. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's, it's nice to have the, the schedule back together. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I'm I'm like you because when I was uh, when I two weeks ago when um, at the training I was so bummed because I was really wanted to. There's a lot of cool things that happened during that week, and then last Friday I had some things to take care of, and I was but inside inside you know somewhat part of me you know I was a little bummed that uh, could do the show, but yeah, we're back sure. on top and on schedule. All right, right. Well, let's jump in. You got it. All right, first up, we're going to uh, jump into news first. Amazon had a pilot called Amazon Care in Seattle a year and a half ago, and they announced on Wednesday they'll be expanding the offering across the U.S. this summer and opening up to companies of all sizes, in addition to its uh, employees. The Amazon Care model combines on combines on on-demand and in-person care and is meant as a solution for from Amazon to address shortfalls in current offerings for employer-sponsored healthcare. Um, in a blog post announcing the expansion, Amazon touted the speed of access to care made possible for its employees and their families via the remote, remote chat and video-based features of Amazon Care. These are facilitated via a dedicated Amazon Care app, which provides direct live chats via a nurse or doctor. So a medical professional, so a medical professional is actually sent to your home to take care of things like administering administering like administering blood tests or doing a trust exam, and prescriptions are delivered to your door as well. 
The expansion is being handled differently across both in-person and remote variants of care. Remote services will be able will be available starting this week, starting this summer, excuse me, to Amazon's own employees, as well as other companies that sign on as customers starting this summer. The in-person side will be rolling out more slowly, starting with availability in Washington, D.C., Baltimore, and quote, according to Amazon, other cities in the coming months. Now, my old take, right, we talked about, we reported a while back, we talked about it, dissected it. On the podcast about Amazon wants to have scan you for your shirt size and things of nature. And I said, there's no way Amazon. I you know I, I use Amazon regularly, but I did say that I'm not going to have not very have a self esteem problem. There's no way Amazon is going to scan me for my information, and I'm certainly not going to use have Amazon as my uh, my healthcare provider. Yeah, it 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 reminds me. It, it makes me think of like going to Walmart to see an optometrist it's just it's weird i know people do it i'm not entirely sure why but i know it happens because they're in a lot of the walmarts but i i don't know i but i also don't like to go to the uh sandwich shop that's inside of a target so you know mm-hmm. uh, i'm, I'm mm-hmm. a little weird there but yeah i amazon already knows enough about me and in the interest of full disclosure, Amazon is a sponsor of my other show. So, <laughs> and yet they, and probably because of, <laughs> they already know way too much about me. So much mm-hmm. so that when we talked about the the auto fitting shirts, I said, if I was ever going to do it, I was going to create a different account <laughs> uh, and use one of my privacy cards uh, to 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 sign up and do it because I don't want it associated with me, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I I don't know. It's it's just all so weird to me. Mm-hmm. Agreed, agreed. And I and you know again I you know I use Amazon on the regular, and yeah, um, but I, I literally ordered three things today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and also and also too. Um, also too, is that, you know, that, you know, we're also con- you know, doctors may, you know, be on their contracted with them as well. Yeah. And I'm not going to go to my doctor, you know, uh, get a prescription and say, um, oh, by the way, you know, Amazon's going to tell me my, you know, well, I see you went to your doctor. You had, you had, a, you had something with your headache. Here's some, did you know that you can purchase a- aspirin at this amount of mu- this, this price and get yeah. it shipped to you for two days? Yeah. And, and you know, we, we talk about verticals, right? And how in general, I don't have a problem with, with integrated verticals. Depends on what it is. Uh, you know, there's a great example of what it, on 30 rock. What if, uh, your favorite, um, uh, chip manufacturer also owned the top antacid. Um, and, and Liz says, well, then they could put some of the antacid in every pack. And he says, think deeper. Oh, then they might be tempted to make the chips give you stomach problems so that you'll go out and buy the antacid. He goes, there you go. That's vertical integration. And so if you've got, if you've got Amazon who might have a financial interest in a medication, maybe the doctors are more likely to prescribe it. It's been known to happen. You know, doctors get sometimes get rebates. It's not supposed to happen, but we know that it does. Um, right. a great episode of Boston legal about it, um, where, where doctors get, uh, 
they call it a rebate, but it's really a kickback uh, for prescribing a particular medication. And so if you've not just got an informal relationship between the drug company and the doctor, but you literally have a formal relationship with, between the corporation and and the doctors, it seems way more likely to happen. So there's there's no part of this that makes me comfortable. I'm I'm happy buying shoes and a, a remote control for my Xbox and a couple of books this week. I'm happy doing all of that. Amazon can know what books I'm reading. I'm okay with that. But mm-hmm. I'm not happy with a company that's known for data collection uh, having any connection to my healthcare. I don't allow my own employer to be involved in my healthcare. They're like, you right. know, if you get a if you get this physical once a year, uh, the the company will add an extra five hundred dollars to your health savings account. I'm like, who gets mm-hmm. the the data? Oh well, the company does. Nope. You can keep your five hundred bucks, <laughs> right? My company does. My company does exactly the same thing about that. So I, I'm I'm fine pushing that stuff off. Yeah, I literally told my supervisor, I'm like, you can keep your five hundred bucks. I'm not interested in that at all. <laughs> <laughs> right. Especially as a new employee, I don't know you mm-hmm. guys. <laughs> right. So right. I I do know Amazon, and that's why I have a problem with it. <laughs> Right, and also, and that goes back to you know they're get you're getting they're, they know everything about you on your purchases, yeah, and that's the that's the thing. And I, you know, I'm you know they'll I purchase something, but again, you know they'll like be going before like going to going to this uh, the site, you know, and they're going to list you like well, I see you bought Ashwin. How about well, have, let's check into your well health and well-being. There are some vitamins you can purchase, mm-hmm. and you know, or there's you know what what have yeah. you. No, I'm hard pass. I, I like the idea of delivered medications, but I can get that from CVS now. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's okay. Unless unless you have COVID, in which case they won't deliver, which is the opposite of what makes sense. Because mm-hmm. that's the time I most needed it. But whatever. We're not <laughs> we won't deal with that. But you know, I there doesn't seem to be anything special here, and therefore I don't see the benefit in giving a data farm data about my health. Agreed. All right. Other news this week, the federal communication, uh, federal communication commission has issued the largest fine in its history. Two Texas based telemarketers on the hook for $225 million. (coughs) Excuse me. After making, (coughs) excuse me. After making approximately 1 billion robocalls to people across the U S Excuse me. They ran at least two businesses that illegally spoofed other companies to try and sell people on short-term insurance plans, claiming they were from well-known providers like Sigma. One of the people involved in the scheme admitted to making quote millions of robocalls per day, even as go even as far to go to out of his way to call numbers on a do not call list because he believed it more profitable to uh, profitable do so. And that's not smart. According to MCC, quote, a large portion of the more 23.6 million health insurance robocalls that crossed U.S. wireless networks in 2018 came from Rising Eagle, one of the companies the two, uh, one of the, excuse me, one of the companies the two telemarketers ran. So, you know, good on the FCC. You know, we, we all, 
you know, complained about government, the government, the U.S. government uh, from time to time. This is good, but good on the FCC. Finally, they're taking action on something that's been been incessantly <laughs> wrong <laughs> for global calls over, over the past many years. Yeah. So we talked about this um, on on F5 Live uh, nine months ago. Uh, when this was first proposed and the problem with this uh not that not that the idea of a fine is a problem not that the idea of this fine is a problem i think all of it is appropriate like you said it's you know we we talk about government overreach and stuff like this this is what the government is for so Mm -hmm. i don't think anybody's going to argue government overreach here but the problem is the fcc has a terrible track record of actually enforcing its fines. Um, and, and uh, in, in the supporting article that, that we used in June of 2020 to discuss uh, this topic, when they, when they proposed this, um, this fine, uh, it, it's, it literally ends with for some, the fear of retribution is what keeps them from doing things. But for others, it's the knowledge that nothing will ever happen that allows them to do so. Uh, and, and that's, that's going to be part of the problem here. Um, under, under the last administration, the FCC was a little more strict on collecting fines, but not by much um, uh, in the administration before that. Uh, I don't, if I remember correctly, they didn't collect any fine that was levied over like $125,000 in the entire eight years. So will they be able to collect on this? I don't know. Um, Is the press about what happened and the fact that there's a fine potentially enough to scare off uh, future uh, endeavors in this space? Maybe. But I think um, anybody who's watching or listening right now has probably received a phone call today. It doesn't matter what day today is. You've probably received a phone call today mm-hmm. about your extended warranty. So, you know. And I got in the mail too. <laughs> ooh, I've never received one in the mail. Yep. Oh, you know what? I may have today. I think I threw it right in the trash. Mm-hmm. See. But yeah, so it if they can instill that fear of retribution <laughs> even without ever collecting the fine <laughs> then this can be a success but i think they need to actually act on this i don't know if they will and that's that's my only fear here i think that the fine is appropriate mm-hmm. um i know i've there was a whole breakdown of why the number was chosen um cuz there's a couple of laws that went into place uh in 2017 and 2018, uh, all about robocalls. Uh, and so that's what this is all about. So hopefully they'll collect. Fingers crossed. Well, the one thing is for certain that I think when it's re- reported, re- it, was, it was reported all it was reported all over um, every news site. But I don't think it's going to I, people the people that do that does does these robocalls um, are basically going to try to find other ways of annoying someone or mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of the, there's another way. Isn't there um, something set up that, that's done 
remotely where they reach out not not the um the uh click on the on this to get your spyware scanned not that one it's some... <laughs> uh, <laughs> my absolute I... favorite i had to i had to make it so my father was was a child user on his own computer so he'd stop clicking on those things <laughs> but i think but i think there's like a lot i think that when there's when there's a whale for these um telemarketers i used to work for a telemarketing company um many 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 years ago and um mostly they were selling vacation packages um okay. there was one that was um it was actually aluminum siding i remember that okay <laughs> but they're going to find a way to you know work around it by using sure. other means of case in point click on the um click on this box to prevent spyware absolutely um, so Microsoft has detected that you've got spyware on your computer. Hey, um, Microsoft wouldn't refer to itself in the third person. Right. (laughs) Right. So, but yeah, but I don't know if they're going to collect on it because, I mean, FCC levied fines from one end of the spectrum to the other on, uh, you you name what the, like, not spoofing, but... um, there was another. There was another thing that was uh, that happened that FCC had to. Um, I can't remember the name of it or remember what it was, but it had something. Not, it wasn't robocalls. Oh, I'm trying to think what it was. Oh, it's going to come to me probably later on. Um, and it was like a, it was like a big fine, and and they didn't collect on it. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens with this, but yeah, something we'll find out about it. They they warned T-Mobile about their outage last year. That's it. That's that's it, that was it. Thank you. I was I and I knew it was I could I was on a tip my tongue and tip my brain. Excuse me. Uh, okay, yeah, that was it. Just, just just for reference on how big of a problem this whole FCC not collecting fines thing is, the title of the article that was that was our source uh, from last year is proposed robocall fine would be largest FCC fine ever uncollected. <laughs> 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 I got a lot of compliments on that headline. <laughs> I, bet, <laughs> I bet you did. I bet you did. And we'll, you know, like I said, we'll see what happens. We're gonna, I'm going to, you know, keep an eye on it, on what's going to come about. T-Mobile right. also got hit by the FCC in 2015 for $17.5 million in fines for 911 going down. Mm. I'm okay. I did a, I did a search in my back back catalog for FCC and fine. And a whole plethora of stuff came up. <laughs> I've got a I've got the the announcement of the draft restrictions for laser pointers and uh, airplanes Whoa. in 2014. <laughs> I I didn't know that there was a there was a, it was a nuisance. <laughs> oh yeah, um, you you can uh, somebody with a cheap laser pointer. Can mm-hmm. take a helicopter down because you can blind the pilot. Really? Huh. Yeah, it's it is a it is a felony. It the FCC ended up not being involved. Uh, it is it is Congress got involved. It is an actual felony to point a laser pointer at any flying device. Hmm. <laughs> well, it started with it started with the FCC, but it ended up hmm. going through Congress, and it is now a felony. Anyway, that's not our yeah. topic, right? <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
Very good. All right. Other news this week, a researcher has created a, quote, two-factor authentication system for facial recognition that uses face gestures, such as a wink or lip movements, to unlock a device. Why does it not just say a kiss? We know what lip movements we're talking about. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. <laughs> we all know what lip movement. That or duck lips, but this isn't 2009, so it's probably not that. I'm just thinking in my head um the um uh with the duck lips um the uh the chips um <laughs> oh um yeah huh uh Pringles Pringles that's yes. it <laughs> first thing I came to my mind all right um BYU professor D G- G- DJ Lee touts his new identity verification algorithm as more secure than current facial biometrics which I I don't know the system known as Concurrent Two-Factor Identity Verification, or C2FIV, requires you to record a short video of an action using your face, which can also include reading a a unique phrase. You then upload a clip to your device for input and authorization with a system that then requiring both your face and a gesture for verification. Interesting. Yeah, so lead claims that Bad actors can bypass biometrics such as fingerprint sensors and retina scans to hack into your phone by wearing masks or photos and by simply holding your phone up to your face while you're sleeping. Um, He says in a statement, the biggest problem we are trying to solve is make sure the identity verification process is intentional. You'll see this a lot in the movies. Think of Ethan Hunt and Mission Possible, even, uh, even using masks to replicate someone else's face. Yeah. In a preliminary study, Lee trained the algorithm on a data set of 8,000 video clips from 50 subjects making, making facial, ac- facial actions such as blinking, dropping their jaw, <laughs> okay, smiling, or raising their eyebrows. He continues saying that, quote, we could, we could build this very tiny device with a camera on it, and this device could be deployed easily at so many different locations. How great would it be to know that even if you lost your car key, no one can steal your vehicle because they don't know your f- secret facial action? <laughs> I, <laughs> what kind of facial action do you get with the <laughs> trying to open up your car? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, for those of you who are listening, um, I did a big smile and double finger guns. (laughs) Executive shooty fingers. (laughs) Right. What has two thumbs and uh, and not sure about this? This guy. Uh (laughs) And if you're watching, I was pointing two thumbs at myself. I don't know. I can see so long as it's not ignoring the other aspects right because it it is two-factor right mm-hmm. so it is it's doing the traditional biometric scan right. and adding this motion recognition now being trained on eight thousand clips from 50 people uh is not enough but i understand it's a proof of concept i get it mm-hmm. It's the mad it's the mad scientist face. Yeah, it's not intended to be perfect. It's intended right. to prove that it works. And it right. does. Fantastic. Right. Now now the goal is, you know, to to try and deal with some of the the issues, right? Like uh we know that the Apple face ID can easily okay. be unlocked by a twin. Right. I was just about uh, to yep. 
Whereas the fingerprint ID, not so much. Right. Um, so, so now that we've got this trained, let's teach the twin the thing, you know, a smile, a wink or whatever. See if, see if it can ignore them because everybody moves differently. And that's what's, right. you know, that's the thing. Even if you're going to wink, everybody winks a little differently. Mm-hmm. So, so there's that. So, you know, let's grab some twins and see if the twin can unlock it. Let's um, let's put the person somewhere else. Let me take their phone, send them somewhere else, put them on a video chat and hold the phone up and see if holding somebody hostage is enough to, you know, remotely is enough to be able to unlock it. All the things that have been uh, proven issues with stuff like uh, Apple's face ID. Let's, you know, let's see if this actually does solve the problem or if this is just an extra layer that doesn't get us anywhere. But Why not? The, the promise makes sense. The promise is there. Mm-hmm. The question is, is there uh, real world value from it? And that's going to require tests. Lots well, of tests. <laughs> not, not, to, not to mention um, with a facial, facial gesture, if you're outside, depending on how the, where the camera at, is at and the, the lighting, um, and also, or even at night as well. So how Maybe. does like, you know, so as far as tests be run, they have to probably run, or he, excuse me, would have to run those tests to, to incorporate, you know, the lighting. Um, Maybe. Or it could be done. Um it could be done with the uh, infrared camera that's on uh, most of these that do the actual facial scans. That's okay. why it's why you can usually unlock your phone with face ID and stuff like that uh, okay. in the dark okay. uh, is because uh, it's actually done with a little miniature Microsoft connect. Okay. All so right. it's all, it's all done with infrared. It can be done in pitch black uh, mm. and you won't know. So if, if they're able to, to do that, right. To be able to right. track, motion and stuff like that to the detail you know the connect 2 was able to uh i, I remember uh, major nelson winking at at the xbox and his avatar winked back at him because it was able to track that kind of detail mm-hmm. um so you know and that was how long ago was that that was the release of the xbox one and those are officially retired so mm-hmm. you know <laughs> the technology certainly come a long way since then. So I would imagine that you'd be able to get a close enough, uh, you know, detail to, to a video recording. If you did it entirely with an infrared camera to be able to do this. Well, well, I know, I know Android devices don't, doesn't have the face ID. Um, it's just, it's either a thumbprint or think, excuse me, fingerprint pin or, um, fingerprint or pin or, is that, is that it? Yeah, it is it. Fingerprint or pen? Um, some some of them do. Um, oh, okay. Not not a lot of the consumer ones. It's usually the the business phones, right? Um, that that have that kind of feature. But yeah, the the only reason that Apple went to Face ID is because they couldn't figure out how to put a fingerprint scanner in the behind the screen, right? And they wanted to go to the ten, which didn't have uh, the button anymore. So <laughs> that's. That is a hundred percent the reason why they did it. But I will tell you, uh, the way the way that Apple dealt with that on the new iPads, putting the the finger scanner in the power button was brilliant. Mm-hmm. And the way that Microsoft did it here, putting it on the side, 
is brilliant too. So there's solutions to that today that a company like Apple couldn't have been that kind of creative to, to solve. Um, Mm -hmm. But you know, if you, if you did it both, right, like you did a finger and then, you know, an infrared scan or something like that, you know, I, there's definitely potential here. Mm -hmm. There's a lot more testing ahead. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a good, I mean, it's a great, it's a great um, idea and also protects security. Um, um, You know, the twin, I mean, yeah, that would be something that would be different. So it'd be kind of cool to see what's going to happen, especially in this day and age right now, you know, everyone's wearing masks, you know, um, everyone can, you know, by blinking your eye, you know, as far as like face movements, that's going to be kind of hard because you're half your face is covered with a mask. So, Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that'd be that'd be interesting to see. Um, yeah, face ID has been a disaster on the on the iPhone ever since masks started. Mm. <sighs> yeah. Well, we'll um, we'll see what happens uh, in the coming days and months. Um, also, now um, now we've been talking about here on this podcast and also on. FI refreshing technology about people cannot get access to the internet where people live in rural and uh, underserved areas of all of the U.S. Todd, Represent- for example, exactly, and he's been and he's been um, he's been been lamenting and lamenting and bitching, which and rightfully so because um, he's way he's way way out out in the boonies. I mean, way out in the boonies, and he's he's a happy puppy when when the uh, Starlink satellites go up. Uh huh. Um, in any event, um, Representative Jamal Bowman, Democrat of New York, introduced a bill on Tuesday that can help millions of households ac- households access more affordable broadband. Um, he told The Verge on Tuesday, quote, the more access to broadband people have, the more access and opportunity they have to the world beyond where they currently exist. The Internet is a library. It's an encyclopedia. It's information. Bowman's Broadband Justice Act, co-sponsored by Representative Emanuel Cleaver, Democrat of Missouri, who chairs a housing subcommittee, will require the housing and urban development, housing and urban development, wow, housing and urban development department. Say that five times real fast. (laughs) Right. Or better known as, right, along with the the Treasury and USDA. Two updates is utility allowance definitions include broadband so that it can be sustained, subsidized for families living in government-assisted housing. Other utilities like gas and electricity are already subsidized in this way. The bill, excuse me, the bill would also create a new grant program to help wire buildings and build out other broadband-related infrastructure. Um, Bowman says also, uh, quote, he told The Verge, quote, there's a lot of momentum and energy around making this utility, not just members from Congress, but from organizers on the outside. The grassroots is really behind this. And I think this is great because the company I work for, um, you know, uh, they can't afford, you know, just like basic 25 up down um, internet speed. Um, And there's some. Because there's no. There's no profitability in it. There's no way that the cost of running some of these lines will ever pay for themselves. And so therefore it could never happen. Now, right. As, as we say during CES and collision and things like that, things that suck are where great ideas come from. And so you do have companies out there looking to solve this problem without the government. Mm-hmm. Um, but they keep, 
I don't know. I think Facebook and Google's ideas seem more like kids screwing around than legitimate solutions to a problem. Um, hot air balloons and blimps. I, right. It just seems like somebody with too much money doesn't know what to do with it. Um, right. But, you know, you've got Elon Musk, who's literally trying to solve this problem. You know, but the what kind of turnaround are we looking at? If there's only one company doing it, will it ever be? you know, financially stable, things like that. Um, I have, I have long said that the internet should be a utility, but there's a problem that they're not prepared for. Um, that is different for, uh, internet than it is for the other, for the current utilities. And that's, uh, content right. and classifying it as a utility, um, could, change the way we look at content on the internet so mm-hmm. there's no way this goes into place yeah uh, as it as it's written you can't you can't classify the internet as a utility right now um, right. because it's, the way google and facebook and twitter have been behaving the last couple of years mm-hmm. uh suddenly becomes a felony and and like zuckerberg is on the hook for jail time for like it's it's a serious transition in that classification. So this thing as pitched can't happen. No way. Everybody in the world petitions against this. But if you, if you drop that utility classification uh, um, and instead uh, put aside um, funding for, for build outs, and then we talked about it a second ago, hold them to it. Mm -hmm. Ask, ask a time Warner how, the agreement for that purchase uh, went in going into charter and they had certain requirements on, on what to use some of the funding for. And it hasn't happened. And the state of New York is considering rescinding its approval of the purchase, Mm. uh, which is a huge deal. Um, But, you know, actually hold them accountable to, to, uh, to that agreement. And then I, I think, I think there's a middle ground. Right. There's, they're never going to be able to get uh, a utility classification through, though. Right, because it's not – right, because a lot of these companies um, are not regulated. And basically, the, also, these companies can charge – exor- I mean, we're not talking like a couple dollars. We're talking exorbitant amounts of dollars per month. And also, the um, – It has also- a lot to do with the fact that it's monopolized in so many mm-hmm. places. Um, right, Exactly. Avram and I talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, you know, when when we moved the studio, right where we were before, our our building only had one choice, um, and and now where we are, um, we have a, a project next month that if it happens, I might bring in a second internet connection because I can, mm-hmm. which is insane. Yeah. To me, the idea that we could bring in a second connection from a second company mm-hmm. as a backup feed is crazy. Yeah. Um, but I have four choices here. Right. <laughs> Which is so unusual because most is. people, especially the people that we're talking about here, right? Mm-hmm. People who are in, in well, I mean, let, let's just say Section 8 as a whole. Uh, mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily have to be government-owned uh, housing from the HUD. It could be um, uh, government discounted uh, like most of Section 8 today. Um, 
you know, you could be in my old apartment complex, which only had one choice because the complex had an agreement with that carrier that nobody else could put lines on their property. Mm -hmm. And so, oh, they can charge whatever they want. Luckily, that hasn't been a problem here. But in New York, it's a huge problem, Mm -hmm. for example. Uh, In L.A., it's an even bigger problem, I think. Why Uh, not? You know, that's it's a huge problem when you're in these monopoly situations. They can charge whatever they want because what are you going to do? Yeah. Well, I know with me, we talked about this a while ago, a couple few weeks ago, a month ago, that I, where I used to live um, before I moved five years ago, where I lived in an apartment complex, um, Cablevision was the only provider because mm-hmm. they had a contract with the township. And then the, the, I don't know how long the, town, the agreement ended. And then <laughs> Verizon came in and I was like, woohoo, I'm a, I'm a happy puppy. You know, I'm going to definitely. Choices. Exactly. Right. <laughs> so now when I moved, I had. It doesn't even matter what the other choice is because. Right. One of the choices here is, wow, who cares? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm never going to use it, but <laughs> but having choice creates competition. Competition brings down prices. Right. And like you. You can ask AT&T and T-Mobile all about that, or AT&T and Verizon all about that. Right. And uh, Jean Legere took over T-Mobile. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. Competition creates lower prices. Exactly. Like and you've the, got these nonsense agreements in townships and apartment complexes and condos yep. in in commercial properties where we have Amrock. We only have one choice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Luckily, again, it's the same one that we have here. So right. <laughs> it, it, we're not getting screwed on it, but they could if they wanted to. Right. And then also, too, I think, and I know that with me, where I live now, where I'm living now, I have Verizon and I have um, I have Cablevision, or now it's Optum, excuse me, and Comcast. So if I wanted to, you know, if I wanted to have my own business, you know, and, you know, or do something, you know, live, I can easily, I'm literally like right across the street from what my house is, um, Right across the street, I'm like in like literally in one town, one town over within like 50 feet. So, and I've been getting, I've been getting phone calls, not robocalls, <laughs> but I've been getting, you know, welcoming letter, welcoming letters, you know, come to Verizon. I mean, Comcast, Comcast like, you know, I'm happy where I'm mm-hmm. at, but it's like, but also too, you want to, you want a comparison shop price comparison as well. And you can it, pit them against each other. Yep. You can it, say, yep. you know, you, you can call up. Let's say you're on Verizon and you can call up and say, well, you know, Comcast just offered me this. So Mm -hmm. what are we doing? Mm -hmm. Am I switching to Comcast or are you fixing this? Right. Are you going to meet it or beat it? What Mm -hmm. are we doing? And and a lot of times they will. Like they'll play ball. Yep. But not if there's no competition. And that's that's the problem. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's what this is. Really, in all reality, that's what's trying to be solved here, right? Is the fact yep. that so many places have these stupid agreements for condos and apartments and stuff like mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. where where you only have one choice and they screw you. Now, there's going to be a weird, it's going to be a weird situation where if the government gets involved, the prices are going to go up to to take advantage of some of the subsidies, but only on people who are taking the subsidies. It's going right. to be, it's all very weird. It's what always happens. The apartment complex I was in. Did the same thing with rent, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. <laughs> the the price of the property went up like forty percent overnight. Uh, wow! 
because they started taking Section 8 again. And oh, they okay. went, well, if we can get people to pay this price, then that's what we can tell the government we're charging. <sighs> so, but yeah, I think overall, uh, there's no way they get it classified as a utility. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's too much mess there. But yeah, the rest of this, I think, happens. Yeah. And I think is good. I, is. I, think there, I think there's benefit here. It is. And hopefully this this goes through. Um, and a lot, of- we, all, we also need to get rid of a lot of the restrictions that prevent competition. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, we did a good <laughs> job. We did a good job 10 or 15 years ago, um, where it must've been under W I guess, where we put the, there was a law that went in that, uh, apartments and condos couldn't prevent, uh, residents from having a satellite dish, which added a cable alternative immediately um now we just need to get rid of those same red tapes for internet and a lot will change yeah well we'll see we'll see what happens all right next up according to idc the wearable market in q4 2020 grew by 20 27 over last year and the largest oh yeah and the largest beneficiary of that was Apple, no, speaking of, <laughs> the, the company shipped 36.2% of all devices during that period compared to just 88 and 8.5% for its nearest rival, Xiaomi and Samsung, respectively. Much of that came for a 45% increase in Apple Watch, ship, uh, Apple Watch shipments. IDC figures that Apple shipped 55.6 million wearable products during that quarter, up 20%. 27% over last year compared to compared to 13.5 million and 13 million units for Xiaomi and Samsung respectively. Apple has never released exact sale by product, but analyst Ming-Chi Ku said recently that Apple shipped around 90 million AirPods in 2020. Referring to IDC saying referring to earphones and headphones as hearables, which is the most god awful name I've ever heard. Yeah, so- <laughs> I hate that word. <laughs> it's wearables, not it, hearables. Well, so I'm I'm okay with the term hearable when we're referring to uh, hearing aid alternatives. Fair, but that's not what we're referring. That's no, we're what not. that term used to mean, and it's not what it means here, and it bothers me. Yeah, so I agree. Um, now, IDC said that they, they have become, they have became, quote, the most have device of 2020. Um, IDC is saying also, uh, uh, research director is saying, quote, uh, hearables provided a new degree of privacy, particularly during home quarantine, while also while also while out in public. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, and for whatever reason, the past the past, I don't know, like for. Off and on, I would think about getting getting an Apple Watch, or because I'm so used to ha- well, I'm so used to having a watch. But like back in the day, you know, you ask what time it is, and you point to point to someone like you know it's uh you know it's this time. But for whatever reason, I'm thinking about I don't know. I would think about getting one an Apple Watch, but I'm not really have, interested. You gotta have an Apple product to sync it to. That's true. Yeah, all I have is my Android. So yeah, one. <laughs> but I'm, so I'm a big fan of the the Samsung Gear. Uh, watch it. I, I mean, in as much as I can deal with wearables, I hate wearing things. Um, the just this is a struggle for me. I have mm-hmm. an Apple Watch, and I wear it uh, for about an hour a week when I go to the gym, mm-hmm. and then I put it back on the charger and I wait until I go to the gym again. <laughs> I, 
I I don't find any benefit in a smartwatch, but that's a whole okay. different issue. Yeah, I I don't know because I'm people are like I, I know I mean I've seen people out out and about uh, where if I go to the store or you know or pretty much anywhere I'm seeing people with a wearing an Apple Watch. Mm-hmm. Literally, yeah, I, I see them on TV a lot too. Yeah, that, that, exactly. That, yeah, that's right on TV too. But I but, just but it's un, it's unfair on TV because depending on who the person is, Apple may have given it to them to convince people that there's more of them out there. That's mm-hmm. how they got uh, people to buy iPhones. <laughs> True, and it's why people think that anybody owns a MacBook because they see them on TV. But Apple mm-hmm. sold like eleven of those last year. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I didn't, I just, I mean, because I noticed something, I'm not really interested in, like, not exercising, because I know that Apple Watch has features like checking your, your how many steps you've taken, and the other medical, I mean, mm-hmm. from what I saw, the features I have, it's great, but I just want, like, I just rather, rather get a, a watch that tells time, and the date, that's, you know, that's, that's fine, but, but I was, like, kind of toying with, but, toying with it, but I haven't really... I was thinking about getting one, but battery life sucks. And that's the I other. I <laughs> hate it. It's, it's my, it's yeah. one of my big problems with it is, you know, by the time like you've worn it long enough to care, the battery's dead and you've got to go charge it. And once you've got it charging, you're like, well, I'm not missing anything. And so you just leave it. That's my, that's been my experience. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't feel like I'm missing anything, not having this on. And so there it sits. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'll have to do some more thinking about it. Um, speaking of Apple, another Apple news: there was an update in Apple's to Apple Maps, excuse me, that can make it easier to find a COVID nineteen vaccine. Apple partnered with Vaccine Finder, a free service developed by Boston Children's Hospital, to add twenty thousand vaccine locations to Apple Maps. You can find locations near you by searching in the app or by asking. Asking, uh, asking Siri. Location cards will show the address, phone number, and house of the how hours of the business. The card will also provide a link to the healthcare provider's website, so you can learn more about how to sign up for a shot. Apple plans to add more locations in the coming weeks. Healthcare providers can join Apple's list by signing up on the Apple Business Register. Good on Apple. Sure. All right. So there is a new joint promotion between SiriusXM and T-Mobile starting on March 23rd, which is this upcoming Tuesday. Uh, they are offering they're offering their customers a new and T-Mobile Tuesday, right? <laughs> a new and enhanced version of the Pandora app that includes ad-free weekend listening through March 20, through March 2022. And a top tracks hub powered by SiriusXM. The latter will feature songs from channels like The Highway and Hits One. You'll also get access to original audio shows in addition to easy early access to Pandora podcasts. And by the way, our podcast is on Pandora. So if you're on Pandora right now listening to this uh, podcast, thank you and welcome. If you're wanting to subscribe um, to Pandora, check out, uh, just type in GNC Week in Review. Um, to check out the app, start by downloading the, as uh, Scott said, T-Mobile Tuesdays software and then redeeming the Pandora offer once available on March 23rd. At that point, you'll need to create create either a Pandora account or log in to existing one. Each weekend, you'll need to watch, quote, 
short messages, sort a short message after that. You can listen to personalized stations without any more ads. And I have Pandora. I had Pandora app downloaded. I love it. I have the free version. I don't have the the paint one, but um, but if I had T-Mobile, I would definitely uh, jump on the T-Mobile uh, the uh, T-Mobile Tuesday bandwagon. Yeah. What is, what does it hurt? And honestly, right. if you are a Sprint or T-Mobile customer, you should have this app installed anyway, um, because you never know what weird thing they're going to give you for free on a Tuesday. Honestly. And they've been having, they've been offering a lot of things, uh, baseball tickets and, um, MLB, MLB TV. They offered like a six month subscription or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think pizza taco, uh, taco bell. um, They did a, uh, $20 to restaurants, dot mm-hmm. com or something like that i mean mm-hmm. it, it's worth having just in general yeah i'm definitely and i hear the puppy other news this week the national football league has finalized its 11 year media rights agreement with a pack that will run through 2033 and could be worth uh, uh this is agreement with amazon excuse me i, did, I can't believe i missed that in the uh it's with doing. it's with a lot in fairness so yep. it's $105 billion. Mm-hmm. It covers through 2033, including um, uh, Thursday night football moving to Amazon Prime. Yep. Yep. And it's a um, it's a first time issuing service will carry a full package of the game exclusively. Um, the NFL has not responded to requests for comment to confirm a total amount of agreements. So basically, the uh, the NFL has with agreements with um, Fox, CBS, I believe NBC, um, and and ABC slash ESPN. ABC right, ESPN right. ABC um, slash ESPN has picked up uh, two Super Bowls in that time. Mm-hmm. That's correct. Um, Amazon is paying about one billion dollars per year, according to people familiar with the matter. Um, the NFL has not responded to request for comment to confirm its total amount of agreements. Um, Mike Hopkins, senior VP of Prime Video and Amazon Studio, Studio, says in a statement, quote, NFL games are the most watched live programming in the United States, and this unprecedented Thursday night football package gives tens of millions of new and existing Prime members exclusive, exclusive access to much must-watch live football on Prime Video. And again, I have uh, Amazon Prime. I love it. Um and I like it because they don't air a lot of a uh, lot of commercials on it. Um, Mostly it's great. just for themselves. Exactly right. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. Um, so, and also they have a feature. Um, if you listen to the um, the uh, it's Hannah Storm, and I forgot her her name. Um, there's uh, two commentators that will uh, d- the audio will dip down a little bit and they'll come up. So you get like a behind the scenes, not a behind the scenes, but they get, oh. do play by do I play by play. So okay. I was watching that; it's pretty cool. Um, but they on the on the audio when the live stream, and they dip the audio down. Um, they don't play commercials um, on it for, um, versus the live version. Nice, which is pretty cool. Yeah, so I'm definitely can't wait to when football season comes up again. <laughs> um, oh, and uh, uh, the the agreement with CBS Vice. CBS Viacom. Yep, CBS um, Viacom. Yep. Expand the partnership with Nickelodeon uh, for the NFL. Um, they they said that they were very excited about uh, 
continuing to expand a family-friendly version of the NFL uh, mm-hmm. through the Nickelodeon brand. You know, there was this season there were there were games run on Nickelodeon, and there were yep. there was the green slime green fountains slime. at the end of the field, and mm-hmm. obviously all all AR on top of the right. feed, but um, you know. It makes sense. It does, and I think too by with that agreement with um, with Nickelodeon, that I think that and it's smart. You know, we talked about content; they want more eyeballs. The more eyeballs they get, you know, and the the younger set, they're they're it's win win. And they've they've got to start building up a new generation of NFL fans. Or when this twenty thirty three expires, they won't have any new leverage because their viewership is the only one that seems to be going down it's mm. the NFL and CNN. That's seems right. to be the only two places that during lockdown saw ratings dips. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens, but like I said, I can't wait. Yeah. Speaking of this, I'll be glad when it's over and getting back to somewhat normal normalcy. Well, Walmart is getting into the connected TV space um, with its first Android TV stick. Um, Android uh, um, Android TV Guide spot, spotted this in a FCC listing. They're saying that the new device looks like a fairly basic dongle that plugs into your set's HDMI port. Um, and they're saying that it's unclear if the stick, um, which carries the, it's going to be a brand by on, the uh, on logo, this is Walmart's brand. We'll offer access it's to it is pronounced own. Own. Okay. Own. Okay. I keep you remember that before. Okay, you're right. We'll offer I only know that because they had it in parentheses on a product during Thanksgiving last year when okay. I was there getting the the monster lights. Uh, okay. <laughs> it's the only reason I know I saw it in in parentheses. It connects. It's connected. Um, it will offer access to Android TV or the revamp Google TV interface. Also, 95 Google is reporting that the listing says the stick runs on Android TV 10, um, but it's saying the company remote looks like it's for Google TV. Um, the remote also features quick launch buttons for the main video and streaming services, including YouTube, Netflix, Disney Plus, and HBO Max. Inside the stick is a M Logic S8. 05Y chip, which only provides a f- full HD resolution. They're also saying it look it look like looks also looks like when they're saying that it include uses a excuse me uses a micro USB for charging instead of the common USB C connector. Walmart is throwing an HDMI extension cable too in case your TV is on a mount or you want to stick closer to your Wi-Fi router to boost the connection. There's no word on a release date. Um, but it shows on, but as with a FCC listing usually indicates the launch is imminent. So I, that's a good thing, but, uh, I, I have my, there's a lot of unknowns with this, uh, with this stick. Um, so we'll see. The, the remote looks suspiciously like a Roku remote. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie. Okay. Uh, specifically the Roku stick, not the TV, right? Because the TV remote has the four buttons up and down for for the quick quick launch, mm-hmm. but the the one for the TV, no, for the stick has them in a two by two grid, just like this one does. Okay, it's very similar, but yeah, it's definitely got a Google logo up at the top. Okay, it, I mean it's 
it's a very boring looking device, which mm-hmm. is it should be. It, right. It should be a boring looking device um, because it's not supposed to attract attention. It's right. supposed to blend into the woodwork. <laughs> and also, I, I also imagine the, rem- the remote is white, which mm. I never like because they get gross. Ditto. <laughs> yep, me too. I can't stand that. I that white. So, but it's also good too um, with their own. <laughs> <laughs> um it's good that it's also going more likely it's going to be very inexpensive i know the yeah. um the uh the sticks that are out now um is roughly about 50 bucks ish um so but um we'll you know it's good on, good on them um and it's got all the popular things on there including um hbo max all right and finally this week it's a twofer um been gone for two weeks so i figure we throw up a um, couple of good stuff for you some really cool things for it um first hasbro is saying its popular board game monopoly is ready for a refresh and it's calling on its fans to help the company yesterday said for the first time in 85 years wow that been that long monopoly will change all 16 of its community chess cards customers around the world can help decide what the new cards will be by voting at MonopolyCommunityChess.com. Um, Hasbro says is saying in a statement, quote, covering topics like beauty contests, holiday funds, and life insurance. There's no denying the Monopoly's game community chess cards are long overdue for refresh. And coming out of the tumultuous year of 2020, the term community has taken on a whole new meaning. Hasbro says it wants customers to help to, quote, help reflect what com- what community means in their real lives by voting for new cards like, quote, Shop Local, Rescue a Puppy, or Help Your Neighbors. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, the updated game with new community chess cards available in the fall. Um, there has from Hasbro saying, you can also check out Hasbro's gaming, Hasbro Gaming's Instagram account to stay updated on outcomes of the vote. So I love Monopoly. I always lost and was bankrupt every single time. <laughs> I have way too many Monopoly sets. Um, I have. Well, because they're all different and I have a thing oh. for Monopoly. Oh, okay. And so I have like I have a regular one and mm-hmm. I have a regular one that's sealed mm-hmm. um, because it was a thing from Sprint many years ago. Oh, okay. Um I have one where all of the properties are Tampa based, but very old. Mm. Uh, like the bank is NCNB. If anybody can remember NCNB, that was Bank of America like eight names ago. Okay. Uh, and then they put out a special edition of a bunch of their games um, that are rustic. I have a rustic version too. I also have a rustic risk, which is my favorite. <laughs> Interesting. But yeah, I have a I have a problem. Oh, oh, yeah, <laughs> nothing wrong with being an avid collector. I that's basically when playing Monopoly. That you know, think about it, it goes back to everyone's childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember, yeah. and it's like I remember the one the time I played is with free parking. You know, we put throw money on it, throw money in it, and whoever land a free parking gets like a thousand dollars or sure. you know, make our, and you always make up rules as you go along. And to try and make it not an 18 hour game and uh, not a game that causes knife fights in the living room. I was just going to say, 
because friendships have been ended over monopoly and risk. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> I remember playing risk too when I was when I was a kid and um kids would come over uh, or I was, actually I'd go over to some kids house and we were playing and you know and we'll all be diabolical and you know loading up all these troops and then then someone's game got or their army got obliterated so one kid just like <laughs> took flips the, the table <laughs> yep and they are never invited back <laughs> right <laughs> and then eventually you get down to just the last two people Mm-hmm. who can, who can right. be civilized right i was i was one of them because when i kid threw that, that table up and i'm like the, you know jaw hit the floor i'm like dude what's, go- what's I, going on i i always associated with uh on seinfeld the mm-hmm. game between uh kramer and newman where they were carrying the board around with them because neither of them trusted the other one to yep. not mess with it while they weren't looking. Oh, that was the episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cute. All right. And lastly and finally, um, Coca-Cola is launching a vending machine subscription service in Japan in hopes of riding sales at the drink dispensers. Um, the, the machines have been a common sight in this country for over 100 years, offering anything from snacks and toys to pet food and beer. So with the pandemic being affected by the pandemic affected sales dropping over uh, to over 35% as people were forced indoors and away from crowded city centers, crowded city centers. So in a bid to lure back customers, Nikkei reports that Coca-Cola is writing a subscription option via its Coke on smartphone app that lets you grab one drink per day for 2,700 yen or $25 per month. Wow. That's a, that's a lot of, it's a lot of cans um, from over from 340,000 vending machines. Also, Coke does offer drinks in Japan, including unsweetened tea and black coffee. This is according from Kaduko. Um, the new quote Coke K- on pass service. Kotaku. Kotaku. Kotaku to Kotuko. Kotaku. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> the new Coke on Pass service launches in May with a promotional offer of 1,350 yen or $12.40 to get people more to get more people using the app, which had 25 million downloads as of January. Holy crap. <laughs> I would like to start by saying that Coke on um uh apply directly to the Coke. No. That I can't. I, it's all I can think is that it has it's um, it's a forehead treatment for uh, coke addicts. So that's not the best name because all I head on fly directly to the forehead. Right. Um, <laughs> also, depending on the size of these drinks, right? Mm-hmm. This could be a great or a terrible deal. <laughs> Because for $25 a month, if you're getting a can per day, right? well, that kind of sucks because that's like 88 cents a can. Mm-hmm. No, thank you. Right. But if if you're getting a bottle, I'm on board with that because those, you know, those here can retail anywhere from a buck and a quarter to two fifty or three fifty, right. depending on where you are. Right. So that would be a great deal. Yeah. Um, 
But at 1240, <laughs> find me up. Don't right. care what size it is. <laughs> I'm in. Uh, great idea. <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't. Bothers yeah. me that it's not half. Yeah, we, it is yeah. half. It okay. It's it's half in yen, but not half in dollars. Mm. We lost twenty cents somewhere. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, somebody somebody rounded up on the twenty seven hundred yen <laughs> to twenty five dollars calculation is my guess. Yeah. Well, I'm not. I'm not good at the exchange the exchange of currency. So, <laughs> and it changes from minute to minute. So, right. You literally could check it twenty seven hundred and thirteen fifty, and it could have changed in that time. So, there's always that possibility too. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. All right. Very good. Um, now that is the tech news for this week for Friday, March nineteenth, twenty twenty. Upfront and <laughs> about top of our show. <laughs> I didn't hit the live button. So, so okay, I was wondering because, like, in the middle of the first story, all of a sudden a thing came up on the screen that said the show's live. I'm like, yeah, I know. Yeah, that was and that was on me because I wasn't paying attention. I was, I was looking at, I was playing the intro or the intro counter timer, and I looked at it. And so (laughs) that's on that's on me. So I apologize. So if you're listening, if you're watching live, if you missed about. 10, 10 minutes in the beginning. I apologize. I was on me. Good. So good news. If you're watching live and you want to go back and hear those first 10 minutes, <laughs> you can go to gncweekly.com right. and there you can listen to the part that was missed uh, on the video live show. Right. There you go. Palm salt. There you go. <laughs> in, in, in about a half hour. In about a half hour. that. In about right about half hour, and also if you're listening listening on on listening on the the um, listening on the app or on your app, excuse me. Oh, I'm so this is not my day. This is not my night. Um, so if you're listening on the thing, you only probably caught about three quarters of the, the intro, beginning, and the intro in the first story. So again, that's on me. So I will, that will not happen again. All right. In the meantime, thank you so much for tuning in for this week's episode. Show notes from this episode can be found at gncweekly.com. Also, be sure to check out the latest tech news and commentary from geeknewscentral.com. And be sure to tune in Mondays and Thursday evenings at geeknewscentral.com slash live for the Geek News Central podcast. And then be sure to watch and tune in on YouTube. Excuse me. Be sure to watch and tune in on gncweekly.com slash live. <laughs> and I guarantee I'm going to make sure that the live is, we're going to be at the top Friday evenings <laughs> at 8 p.m. Eastern time. So uh, please be sure to like and subscribe to the GNC WIR channel on YouTube. Also, make sure to click on the bell and select always for notifications so you will not miss next episode. Also, um, please be sure to share this episode to other people that you know that you want that you check out this podcast as well and be sure to subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast app also be sure to tune in and be sure to tune in excuse me with scott and Aaron pilch on fi refreshing technology sunday evenings at 9 p.m eastern at f5live.tv slash join us you have a comment on this week's episode we would love to hear them head on over to gncweekly.com forward slash connect and connect by email Twitter or Facebook. 
I'm on Twitter. I'm at Kirk Corliss. Let me know what I'm, a tool that I am. <laughs> <laughs> Scott is on Twitter at Triple T M A B O. Till the next episode of GNC Week in Review. So long. Ciao.